Are you bought in or are you not bought in? What does it mean to buy in? At a poker table, buy in is all of your chips on the table to win it all. I'm Dustin Owen. Along with me is Eric Putt, and you're listening to the Loan Officer Podcast. Eric, what's going on? How you doing? Good, man. How are you? Fantastic. Hey, man, thanks for uh, for sticking around. Uh, for all of our avid followers, if you watched the episode from a couple of days ago, what you'll notice is two things. Eric was our guest on that show because we had him come on because Eric is one of the best in the mortgage industry. Well, actually, period, right? Top 1% in the country. But there's a, there is a specific product or program that he's an expert in. That's uh, CP lending, which is construction lending on custom-built homes. Okay, that's not why Eric is here today. But that's why we're dressed in the same clothes. And that's why he's our guest again. Because this was something that Eric Coleman and I started talking about offline. And instead of doing the topic that we were planning on doing, we went ahead and pushed that back a week. And I said, Eric, let's just stay here today and let's go ahead and crank out an episode on buying in and what it means to buy in or to be bought in. So, Eric, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thanks, man. Um, before we jump into bought in and buying in, can you help me out? I gave you a little bit of an intro in terms of your professional accolades, but who are you? Who is Eric Putt for the audience who is listening? Um, local Central Floridian, been here my whole life pretty much, you know, with the exception of um, moved away and kind of lived in different parts of the country after I graduated high school for a little while, um, but grew up in Volusia County, not far from where we are. For those of uh, the listeners not from the Central Florida area, Volusia County, most famous city, in my opinion, would be Daytona Beach. Right, famous-wise. Yep, and, and, uh, and but you grew up a little bit further away from that, but 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 nonetheless, just want to paint a picture of what Volusia County is. Yeah. Um, you moved away after high school. What were you doing? Uh, played professional baseball. I drafted out of high school. Um, you know, kind of did that for a while, chased the dream, and it was, uh, you know, a few years, but great times. That didn't work out, so back to Orlando, to college. And where'd you go to school? UCF, go Knights. Go Knights, yeah, charge on, fantastic. Um, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life necessarily. Still kind of had an idea. Figured might as well go get a master's degree maybe. Went to Rollins College just down the road, Winter Park for my master's. Um, you know, fast forward here big time, but eventually stumbled into mortgages. And, you know, that was 05. And uh, here we are. Yep. Married, two kids. Married, two kids. My wife is uh, Melissa. Been married since 2007. Um, and I have an 11 year old daughter and a soon to be eight year old son. Yeah. And I, I like to paint that picture just so that those listening or watching have an idea of who it is that, mm -hmm. that is bantering back and forth also gives them some context or some, some, some color to, to your background, right? Yep. So you're, you're a dad, you're a husband, um, ex-professional athlete, uh, college grad with a master's. What's your master's in? Corporate communication and technology. Sounds like a bunch of bullshit to yeah, me. Okay. Exactly. Um, it's a, uh, it's a, I say MBA without crazy analytics and as much less, much less math. Okay. Well, well, guess what? You have one and I don't, so high five. Yeah, there you go. Um, it yeah, it looks it looks great on paper. Um, you're wildly successful in the mortgage industry, but but you also lead a team because you're a branch manager for Waterstone Mortgage. Mm -hmm. So not only are you helping 
hundreds of consumers every single year finance their home purchase, but you're also leading others to do that as well. Right. Um, very nice. So buying in, what does buying in or to be bought in mean to you? Because um, it is it is the topic of conversation today. You are the muse, right? This was something that we just started talking about impromptu about an hour or two ago. Mm -hmm. um, what does it mean to you to be bought in? Yeah, you know, I thought about it the other day, something happened and, and you know, you and I are kind of like, sometimes we had a thought and then it kind of just, we start thinking about all kinds of other things. A rabbit hole and two hours later, yeah. So the concept of buy-in was one of them and then you know, we talked more about it about an hour or so ago. To me, buying in just means that you're completely hooked. You know, I love the poker analogy because right, isn't that what it is? Yeah. You're in. Yep. You're in to win, right? So for me, Waterstone's not um, shy about hiring athletes, right? We love hiring athletes. And what's, a, what's probably the most uh, common consensus among athletes, they love to win. Yep. They, they're competitive and they're typically bought in Correct. to being the best that they can be. Yeah. So, I mean, for me, it's just that you, you've just been completely hooked on something because you have a, a, just this inner drive to succeed, right? So how can I do it? I got I to gotta, I gotta attach to something, right, and, and let it and let it take over from there. So I don't, that even makes sense. That's what it is to me. Yeah, no, like, like when you mentioned buy-in to me, um, you know, obviously there's, there's the easy buy-in when, when we think about sports and the sports analogies. And, you know, if you're a baseball player and you're hitting 300 balls off the tee and you're taking 500 grounders or, or you're going and doing your bullpen sessions, you're bought in. You, mm -hmm. you, you've changed your diet and your exercise routine to, to mirror what you can do on the field to be the best at your craft. It has consumed you, mm -hmm. right? And in, in, in life, especially with relationships, you know, typically we announce our buy-in with a significant other or spouse uh, with the two words of I do, mm -hmm. right? I do is saying, yeah, I'm buying into this. Yeah, that's the ultimate buy-in. That, that, that is the, the ultimate buy-in. Um, and, you know, there's times in, in any good relationship, just like with athletes, yeah. right? There's times that athletes fall into slumps. Um, their mental game isn't where it needs to be because maybe they are less bought in than they once were in their careers. And there's, there's times in, in uh, social settings, such as marriages, where the buy-in isn't as high as it was that day you said, I do, mm -hmm. or that day you asked, will you? And um, we need to put ourselves in check at times and, and uh, figure out, are we bought in? And, it, and if we are, how does it show? Yeah, so, you know, and ask me what it means to me. I mean, my answer was first kind of like, that's the first thing that comes to my mind, but that's the, that's the high level. Because I think when you, you dig into buying in, it's all those things that you just said right there where what I pull away from that is you're not right all the time. You know, and I think, the, if you can effectively buy into something, you're saying to yourself that I have acknowledged that there are others that know more than me, whether that be an individual or a system or an organization. It still doesn't mean that I have uh, less drive. I still want to win. You know, I still want to be successful. I still want all those things. But to achieve it truly, being able to buy into something is you got you to you gotta let go, of your, get over yourself, right, and trust maybe that there's another process potentially even a better way that's out there if it's still trying to accomplish that, that main end goal. Yeah, it's, um, 
Have you tuned into the, it's not a 30 for 30, it's not an E60, but ESPN has done a docu-series on the Chicago Bulls, 1984 through 1997, Michael Jordan era. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm talking about? I cannot remember the name of the, of the, the program. No, not that one. The new one so far is great. Yeah, no, no. Last night. Well, yeah, yeah. What's what's the name of that? So, the last dance. The last dance. Last yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Two episodes are awesome. Yeah. So when when you started talking buy-in earlier today, and 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 I watched most of the first episode, mm-hmm. almost all of the second episode. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm that guy that annoys the piss out of my wife. I will turn on a movie midstream. And watch it to completion. And she's like, do you even know how the movie started? I'm like, nope. I'll go back and rewatch the beginning some other day. Okay, well, so I, I did that with The Last Dance last night. So I, I flipped it on, end of the, the first episode. But you, So if you watch it, I'm not going to spoil this for anybody. And, and, and I'm going to tell you, you're going to want to watch it. And you're going to watch it multiple times, especially if you're a basketball fan, especially if you're a Michael Jordan fan. Uh, but even if, if you're not, you want to talk about the ultimate buy-in. Right, this is a guy coming out. He's the third pick overall, first first round uh, pick. I mean, Akeem Olajuwon went before him, another Hall of Famer. Sam Bowie, uh, I think, went to the Seattle uh, Supersonics. Blazers. Blazers, yeah, they had the yep. Blazers had the second pick. Um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and because the Blazers already had a, a yep, yep, had a player like like MJ, as the story was told. But no, being balled in, two things come up from from just last night, and obviously one of the most iconic superstars of our time, and I would say not even arguably, but just flat out the best basketball player ever to play the game. Um, so he, he joins a team in 1984-85 where you know cocaine was kind of the cool thing. It was the it thing. Yeah. And his teammates are smoking weed, they're doing coke, they're partying, they got girls, and he said no. He said no because he was so focused and so balled in to being the best NBA player. 21-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Crazy. Um, and then, and then later watching it, um, and you look at the buy-in. The it wasn't even uh, a, an MJ story. It was Bird and Magic mm-hmm. talking about Michael Jordan, mm-hmm. and 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 here's where someone being balled in took him to greatness. Those two gentlemen, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, stated it was evident his rookie year as well as his sophomore year, his second year in, in the NBA, that Michael Jordan was by far the most talented basketball player. But he wasn't yet the best because in order to be the best, he also had to know the game as well as they knew it. He, he had to be able to dissect defenses. He, he, he had to know what plays to run when certain personnel were on. And that only came with more studying and more time, which was only going to happen if he was bought in. And, and it came with a better supporting cast than he had in those first few years. But what did the supporting cast do? Uh, well, one motivated him. but and as, as individuals, though, what did Scottie Pippen, uh, John Paxson, you know, Cartwright, when they brought him over, what did all those guys do? They bought in. Yeah, yeah. You know, they bought into that um, because, you know, I guess, there's always going to be the leader, maybe in this in this case. Jordan buys into something, buys into the system because he has to. But what was also important for those guys to buy into the bu- system? Well, and you know what? That's um that's a great point because Scottie Pippen was arguably during that time the second best player in the NBA. Oh, yeah. Yet my kids, who are 15 and 12, they know about Air Jordan. I had to explain to them who Scottie Pippen was. Yeah. 
So Scottie Pippen has yeah, swallow. Like top five in, ever. Yeah, yeah, had had to swallow a lot of pride to win championships. Yeah. Because it was Michael Jordan's team, and he was the the and or the but or the one B. Mm-hmm. Um, but he bought in. Yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. All those guys bought in in order to win six championships. Yeah, and, and when you switch it over to football, um, whether you 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 love the Patriots, Brady or not, and everybody's got their opinion, tell me that that, that guy's not the goat, right? If you just truly look at everything on, on Tom Brady. But does Tom Brady have six championships without Bill Belichick? No. I mean, he doesn't, man. Nor does Belichick have any. Nor does Belichick have it without him. So Belichick, you know, gets there, and he's bought into Bill Parcells, right, because that was his mentor. And then he's got that foundation laid. He's got to come over to the Patriots organization. Clearly there's a great owner that he's buying into a philosophy and a vision. But, you know, he's laying the framework down. Tom Brady comes in. And, you know, Tom Brady is just such a radical example, too, because it's just, is there any more methodical machine? Oh, correct. Than that guy? Yeah. But his workouts, his nutrition, yes. yes. But, I mean, that's why I almost would think that, man, MJ's a good one. I didn't even think of MJ the other day because that is really high. But I almost think, like, is Brady even maybe the better example of the true extreme ultimate buy-in? Well, because one could argue Brady doesn't have the talent in terms of, yeah, look, yeah, MJ's a point. physical specimen, mm-hmm. right? His ability to jump, his ability to be athletic. Not saying that Brady's not an athlete. I mean, I'm not even trying to go there. But compared to Michael Jordan, yeah. Tom Brady is not an athlete. Right. Um, but Brady balled in. Um, but even this, using the Patriots, we all know about the Patriot way, mm-hmm. right? Well, why is it called the Patriot way? Because you know if you are traded or you sign or you're drafted by the New England Patriots, there's a certain way that they play football. You either buy in or you don't. If you don't, you don't last. Regardless if you are a $100 million person, you're a first-round draft pick, you either buy in or you don't buy in, which is why the Patriots have also been able to take, um, for the most part, little-known or obscure players and turn them into, and I shouldn't say they turn them, help turn them into, Potential Hall of Famers, a la Julian Edelman, a la Wes Welker. Yeah. Right? Players that, for the most part, were were slash players. They, they did some punt returns. They might have played DB. They might have, you know, went on some some special teams. But they weren't featured in the offense. But if you did things the Patriot way, if you balled in, you could do it. How does buying in work in, uh, in either personal life or in business life? Um, the way you started out was really, I think, perfect. You know, the big, our biggest buy in our personal lives, right? Or, or when we say I do. Um, and I mean, how many times are we reminded of, uh, of, of slacking in those categories? You know, I mean, I too, you know, hard headed, you know, and set in the ways, right? And you let that get in, in, the, mo- uh, in, in the way. I just thought of something as we were talking here. My wife said something to me a couple days ago, said it was bothering her, et cetera, et cetera, and I got so defensive about it because really in my it's look, it's the stuff that we always talk about. In my mind, it's not that big of a deal, whatever. So happened to be, she brought it up again. So I happened to be, this is yesterday. So I happened to go pressure wash my entire driveway and sidewalk yesterday, which, by the way, COVID-19 makes you pumped up to go pressure wash, right, because you just get out and do something. So I'm doing that, and you got, you know, nine hours to think about it because that takes all day. But the takeaway was, dude, get over yourself. Such an easy thing that, that 
that she's asking for, right? And that's it's, well, I think you this, there's a buy-in in, the, in in our marriage. Why would it be bought in? Well, and and it's interesting. You can you can buy in, but do you remember that you bought in? No, Especially if it was 17 years ago, or did you remember what you bought in? You know what? Do you ask yourself, why did I buy into this? Or remind yourself, oh, this is why I bought in. Right now, my actions or my words and my behavior isn't showing me as being bought in. It's time for me to put myself in check because I bought in for a reason. Um, I'm committed to this. I think that's great. And that's what, so the other day was in a business setting, what made me think of it. And so what you're saying there, my takeaway is like, don't forget the foundation, right? Like that was still laid. We let ourselves shy away from that, whether it's our ego or, oh, I'm doing so well or I'm successful. But the foundation was still the foundation and laid the right way. And so that's, you know, that's, that's the end game. You know what I'm trying to say? Like that's still, you got to hold on to that. And so, you know, in the business setting, um, when I was thinking about it the other day, it was trust our process. You know, we, we, we talk about this a lot, you and, and, and Mike especially. We're real fortunate here that our sales leaders can back up what they talk about. You know, um, we've got sales leaders here that still do it, still are nose in it. And I mean, what better way to learn than that? You know, not just figureheads. And so what we talk so much about people buying in, whether it's the rookie program that's been so successful here, you know, they have to buy into that. And I mean, you correct me if I'm wrong. We tell people, do it this way. Yes. Do it this way and you will be successful, but you have to do it this way. Well, you have to buy in. It's um, So speaking business, this is always one of my favorite business stories to tell. And I don't believe I've told this on the podcast yet, but um, I graduated from UCF like you. Mm -hmm. uh, my degree is in advertising and public relations. Uh, most of the audience knows that because I've talked about that. Um, when I realized I did not like selling TV advertising, working for a local TV station. I wanted a career change. My first boss manager, the person who, who helped hire me into the mortgage industry was a gentleman by the name of Steve Walsh. Steve Walsh, uh, for any people our age, a little bit older, probably know him because he was part of the U, right? He was the quarterback, University of Miami. I think he was a Heisman hopeful. I'm pretty sure he was drafted in the first or second round of the NFL draft, played in the NFL. Um, and it was Steve Walsh who told me, if you give me two years of your life, I can guarantee you a successful career in the mortgage industry. But if you can't give me two years of your life, you're wasting my time and yours. Now, he didn't say it. He said it just like that. But what he was telling me to do was to buy in. Mm -hmm. If you can buy in, if you can trust me, if you, if you can follow in my footsteps or do as, as we know is successful, we can make you help make you into what you want to become. But if you can't buy in, if you can't give it your all, you won't. And I think we, we, we share that here at Waterstone um, when we share it with, with other people who are rookies in sales, right? Because it's, it's a process. But I really love looking at it like what else does it, does it apply to? Because it applies to almost everything we do in life. If you want to do something, well, what's the whole saying? If something's worth doing, it's not easy. Um, so it's going to take some form of a buy-in and that buy-in also is what you'll use on the day that you just feel like giving up, mm -hmm. right? You, you, that the day that you feel like your marriage or your career or that company you just started 18 months ago, isn't going to work out. 
No, you go back to the day that you said, I do. And you're like, no, I bought into this. I'm going to make this happen come hell or high water. That to me is what like buying in means. Yeah, and the common thing that's going on here is that it's always, it's because there's something that you want. It's something that you want badly enough. So you've got to be able to buy into something in order to get that. So then when you let ego get involved or I know more, uh, my, my britches are too big now, I'm going to shy away, do it my own way. In the athletic example, we, how many times we see that, that the heads get too big, even in, in our industry, you know, we're in an industry where you can make a lot of money, right? And sometimes that means, oh, I'm power or no more. If you let that get in the way, then you're just being hypocritical because, wait a second, you still want what you said you wanted. Does that make sense? Like there was still, the common thing that's going on here is that I wanted something. Yeah. So you have to buy into that. Therefore, if you're going to let the ego get in the way of et cetera, let that be a reminder of you're being a hypocrite now, right? Trust the process, trust the process, you know? And I guess like any of this sales stuff, you break it down, it's like, very common, simplistic types of things, but that's what we need sometimes to remind us, you know, that that's what it takes to succeed is in this case, there's an in, there's a prize. You got your eye on the prize. There's got to be a system that you trust in order to get there. There has to be. Yeah, that's, um, it's, it's interesting. Uh, Coleman and I last week did an episode based on uh, my experiences with 75 hard. Mm-hmm. And that challenge, if I'm allowed to call it a challenge, that challenge is just that. It it teaches people that they can, and it shows them how they can buy in. It shows them if, if they can just commit to something for 75 days, it could potentially change their life. Uh, now, when you and I are talking buy-in, the one thing I want to make sure if, if a, a, a listener is questioning, well, what does it mean to buy in? It, it does not state that just because you're bought in that you won't have to choose a different path or you make a make a mid-flight adjustment right because i mean we still have to be cognizant of einstein's definition of insanity right doing the same thing over and over again expecting a different result um but just because it's not working doesn't mean you give up right just because it's you you don't abandon it you you keep working towards it you just may choose a different angle or a different approach um now Try not to be political, right? This is a very touchy subject because here we are on, I think it's week six, day one of shelter in place. And, and um, you know, everyone has their opinions on them. And, you know, opinions for the most part, they're like assholes, right? We all have them. They all stink. Um, but, you know, to me, buying in, like when you first mentioned buying in, I've kind of had that beef in general with um, – you know, just my, my own personal circle, right? My friends and family who all of a sudden want to be infectious disease experts and they want to be mathematicians and, and they want to buck the, 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 the advice given by experts, yeah. right? And look, we're in a, we're, we're in a, a, a no win situation, right? We stay home, we crash the economy no one gets sick. Oh, we crash the economy. We don't stay home. The economy is all well and good. A bunch of people get sick, or do they? We'll have no. We, we, we don't. We don't have a way to run both tests you know, simultaneously to to figure out wh- wh- which way was was better. But buy-in sometimes is putting your ego at check, taking a step back, and just analyzing what do these eight to ten people who are more experienced, who are more educated and subject matter experts, what are they stating? 
What are these other eight to 10 experts stating? And I should probably realize that I'm a really good loan officer or I'm a really good um, math teacher or I'm a really good, you name that profession, uh, engineer. But I'm not a really good economist or I'm not a really good infectious disease expert. And let me buy into what they're saying because there's a good chance they probably know more than me, yeah, you know, true. but like, like let's, let's buy in, but at the same time, let's not be sheep, right? At the same time, um, if, if your gut is telling you, mm, that doesn't sit well, then question it, mm-hmm. right? That's why I said eight to 10. Don't go off of what one mathematician or one economist or, or one infectious disease expert stated, Listen or talk to or interview or research the findings of 8 to 10. But for the most part, buy into what's being recommended. Um, and you'll f- at least my experience has been one in which I find that life is easier, smoother, safer. And um, I find more joy and success when I buy into even the, those most simple concepts. Yeah, there's going to be some bumps in the road sometimes with that. I mean, you don't think... Well, especially now that's come out more that Brady and Belichick ever had any discussions, you know, on, or disagreements on some things. Yeah. I mean, or yeah. what about this, uh, the, the, the GM for all these years for the Bulls? Goodness yeah. gracious. That, not to be a spoiler, you learn a lot about that with or Jerry Krause. Jerry Krause and things that you learn there. Hey, he told me a seven-year contract, a seven-year contract, a seven-year contract. Scotty Pippen, deuces, homie. Sorry about your luck, bro. Yeah. That was, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you thought you knew, but you had no idea. I mean, unless you truly knew the terms of that, you always knew he was underrated or underpaid. But there's going to be bumps in the road. Um, I worked at a few different mortgage companies. I don't think I didn't buy into the other systems that were in place. Yeah. I think I fully buy it, bought in. Things happen that you just got to take extra steps in your career, but I still got the same eye on the prize, right? And I'm, so I'm still required to get to buy into something that, to trust the system. That, that, that is a key point, right? Your eye is on the prize, mm-hmm. right? What, I mean, my, my eye is on the prize across the board. If I looked at COVID-19, what's the prize? The prize is getting back to freaking normal. Yeah. The, 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 the prize is, is making sure that next time this happens, we're so much better prepared, um, that we minimize the economic impact, that we minimize uh, uh, death and suffering, right? Now, the way that we're going about it, eh, we're going to look back and realize that there's many things we shouldn't have done, many things we should have done, but we didn't have any experiences to draw on, so we're doing the best that we can with the information that is given, letting the experts lead. But that doesn't mean that the next time it happens, we're going to do things exactly the same, but our prize will stay the same, right? The eye and the prize. Why did we choose being married? Why? Because we, we chose a life with someone else. Forever, right? We basically long-term companionship, but none of us knew exactly, nor do we know exactly how we're going to get there. But if we keep the eye on the prize and we stay balled in, we should be able to, at the end of the day, look back and say, man, for the most part, that was a pretty badass relationship. Now, 80%, like that doesn't, 80%, like there's going to be 20% that freaking sucks. Right? You're on the prize of your career. Yes, Waterstone's not your first and only job. Mm-hmm. It's not your first and only company you've worked for, but all of the other buy-ins led you to where you are today. 
Um, you were sharing a story earlier, um, one of your referral partners on the real estate side of things. So, yeah, that's a, that's a very entrepreneurial career. Um, how does buy-in impact what, what they do or, or how, did, how did that person find, find success by buying in? Yeah, it, you know, if we've been, you can relate to this too. If we've been in the business long enough, we've been able to see certain real estate agents grow their business mm-hmm. and their careers and, 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 and some of them really, really explode. And that's cool to see, especially if you're still with them. Um, so, you know, I can think of a few that are like that to where started small, you know, on their own. And now they've, they've grown it into their own brokerage or this, their large team, et cetera. So this, when this concept of buy-in came in the other day, I actually thought about this. So an agent I work with, Karen Wilkins, she's, you know, we've worked together for, geez, I mean, it's probably close to 10 years now, I'd say. I'm so K- Karen's a local, local Orlando realtor. Local Orlando real estate okay. agent, primarily East Orlando. It's kind of where the main farm is um, and very well known out there. But it's probably been about eight years now that I'm trying to do some quick math. Anyway, you know, on her own, um, when I was at a different company, obviously, eight years ago, but has grown today to where she's opened up her own brokerage within the last um, about a year or so. Now completely, you know, she's got her own office um, and the team has grown uh, big time, you know, where there's several buyer's agents now on the team, transaction coordinators. But I remember one thing that's really great about her, and there's another agent that we work with too, I can say the same thing, is that she's been consistent in her message all these years. You know, this is how we want to do things. This is what kind of our main mission is here in this community and what we're, how we're going to identify ourselves. And, you know, do it this way. Trust the process, and you're going to be successful. And it, the proof's in the pudding, right? So I, I thought about her a lot. I thought about another agent, same deal. Met the guy in like 08. He's grown now to where he's just got this hugely successful real estate career, and he's got a consistent message all the way through. And so, you know, Karen and her team are like that. It's, it's how they're going to operate this way. You know, if it's not for you, she's, you know, don't be apologizing. Saying, hey, that's okay. Do it somewhere else. Okay. Yeah. We're going to do it this way. And so she's a real, you know, key to that, or real great example of that. Um, so it's been cool to see. You know, we got to, and I guarantee you'd say the same thing. On a lot of your agents um, that you've seen grow over the years, I bet they've stayed consistent on point on message on what they want. Yeah, no, I think being bought in for, for these people that I have in mind, it's also understanding that good enough never is. Mm-hmm. Right. So whatever was good yesterday isn't good today. Mm-hmm. Right. If it was good yesterday, it's the norm today. So if I want to be better than the norm, I need to constantly be trying to uh, amend what I'm doing and and make it better. Yeah. Right. Maybe not do a 180 where I get away from it, but I still need to be looking back because good enough never is. How do I how do I become better? And those people who are bought in, I think they're 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 able to do those key things. They're able to realize that um, their eye stays on the prize. Mm-hmm. They, they recognize that the, the way to get to the prize, it may change, right? It's uh, very similar to, uh, I love this analogy in, in our business world, when we try to explain the loan process to, to clients, but it also applies to what we're talking about today. When you fly from Orlando to Chicago, right? You're flying Southwest. Here's what you know. You know that you're leaving MCO, which is uh, Orlando International Airport. You know you're landing in Midway. You know your flight's supposed to leave at 9.45. You know your flight's going to land at 11.45. Mm-hmm. Exactly how you get to Chicago 
neither you know, nor the pilot, nor the co-pilot, nor the flight attendants, right? You, you know you're on Southwest. You know where you're starting. I mean, there's certain things you know, but the rest of it, no, it's, it's going to be based on what the air traffic controllers tells them to do in Atlanta, then in Louisville, then in St. Louis. Um, it's going to be based on what the turbulence does. Yeah. Uh, it depends on what altitude you're flying, what, what, what weather's being tossed at you, right? And I think that is so much life, but that pilot was still bought in to get your happy ass from Orlando to Chicago yeah. by 1145, uh-huh. right? He kept or she kept her eye on the prize. Yeah. And, and, and that's, that's a very simplified analogy, but I think that is we can apply this concept to anything that we do. Well, there's a lot of noise right now, too, in this little thing called COVID-19, right? So if we go back to real estate professionals, how can we maybe help other LOs or as LOs ourselves navigate through this effectively? How can we help our referral partners? And so this came up this morning. I was doing a Zoom you know, meeting with their real estate team. And so they've got a lot of new agents. And you start thinking about, man, great time to be in it. And they're like, no, absolutely great time to be in it, you know? Um, Naturally, a rookie LO, a rookie agent, just a couple years into it trying to build, you got some curveballs being thrown at you right now with COVID-19 and coronavirus. And there's some fear on, uh, debate on if, if, if purchase transactions will very noticeably slow down or not, but let's just, let's just address their fear. Their fear of contracts coming in, continuing to try to grow their business. How can they, how can they prospect if they can't leave their house you know, those are, you get it. Those are real natural fears. But one of the messages I was getting across to them today is eye on the prize. What is it that you want to do? What are you trying to get out of this? If you want to be successful, you know, you've got to buy into a system right now, whether that's, you know, effective prospecting techniques during, a, a, you know, a pandemic in our country. Um, you know, how, what, are you doing Zoom now? What are you doing on social media? What are you doing to stay in, in, in front of your clients? What system are you putting in place right now and really giving it all your effort and buying into instead of falling victim to all this noise? Keep your eye on the prize, stay focused. Because I make the argument to, and I would say this to realtors right now that are newer or LOs that are newer, trust me, you know, the business is out there. Go grab it. Figure out maybe a slightly different way to do it, but stay consistent on it. I just, I'm convinced you're better positioned for when normalcy comes Well, one one thousand percent. Like, literally, you're sitting there talking, I'm listening, and then my brain is going a thousand miles an hour. The little gerbil's on the wheel, and it's going because I'm thinking about everything, right? You, realtors who are, who are self-employed, 1099, right, small business owners, yeah. I'm pretty sure that most of them aren't looking to retire the end of 2020. Right. Their careers are going to 2025, 20, 2035, 2045. Mm-hmm. So their prize isn't changing. Their prize is to help X amount of people become homeowners. Their prize is to make X amount of dollars so they can tithe 10%, they can save 20%, they can change the world and leave it a better place for their family um, when, when it's their time to, to, to pass on. Right. Okay, well, keeping my eye on the prize applies literally to them. How about my health, right? How about my health? Well, you know, it, it's COVID-19 is, you know, now a good time to put my health in check. Well, am I bought in? Because I should be bought into my health, right? I, I, 
and, and, and yes, the answer is yes. I believe his name is Tony Ferguson. Tony Ferguson is a UFC fighter. Tony Ferguson was supposed to fight, and I, I just read the headline of this, so please do not like hold me to it, but um, it's going to be loosely accurate here. Tony Ferguson was supposed to fight this weekend or next weekend. Mm-hmm. Well, Tony Ferguson understands typically in order for him to make his weight, because UFC is like boxing, you have to weigh in, there's weight classes, yeah. he lost 24 pounds. Well, it's COVID-19. Do you think Tony Ferguson said, ah, fuck it. No, I'm not going to cut weight. No, he still cut his weight. He still cut his weight because his eyes on the prize. He re- he recognizes and realizes he is a professional fighter. His body needs to be a in shape and two accustomed to having to do these drastic weight losses in order to make weight in order to fight. So just because he's out fighting in April doesn't mean he won't be able to fight in June. Mm-hmm. But if he lets his body go to shit, then he's a not balled in, and b he's not keeping his eye on the prize. His his prize is 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 a belt. His prize is more fights. His prize is bonuses for knockouts, right? Like that's, that is his prize being the best at at what he does. Someone who, if they look at their career, they look at their health, um, their exercise routine, are you bought in? Do you have the eye on the prize? Right. I may very well, just because we're talking about this, run a half marathon on Saturday. (laughs) Right. Yeah. It It makes you start really, I mean, there's many things that make you check in with yourself, but when this thing came up the other day, it's been nonstop on my mind. Health being one of them. Yeah. I'm not even close to being bought in on my health. Shame yeah. on me. You yeah. Know where I'm at. Well, are you getting any, any exercise? Are you getting younger? Of course not. Okay. Do you want to live like another 40 years? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's my eye on the prize. Right. Oh. So shame on me. Right. Yeah. There's that hypocritical side coming in. It's like, well, wait a second, man. You can't have your eye on the prize and then not do some of these things you're supposed to be doing. From So point being is I've been thinking about it a lot on this, but especially more back into the business context and thinking more about realtors and LOs who they're going through this. Dude, our job hasn't changed. I'm still prospecting. Yeah. Smalley down the road, he's still prospecting. We're still making realtor calls. We still got some contracts coming in, maybe not as fast as we'd like. We're still doing our jobs. No, we had um, one of the first episodes we had and the very first guest we had is a gentleman by the name of Rob Farragher. Rob Farragher, for the most part, he does 401k administration for small businesses, right? You're a small business owner. Rob will set you and your and your employees and your staff up with a 401k. He's busier than ever. Mm-hmm. Busier than ever. Now, he said some of the things that he's doing, he's like, he's not getting paid to do them, right? He may be helping his clients walk through accessing some of the, the, the stimulus funds, but he recognizes that those are still his clients and... Rob still has many years to work. He's nowhere near retirement. And his prize is earning enough money to support his wife and his daughters and to be able to retire at a certain age and a certain lifestyle. And that means that he doesn't just sit at home all day because woe is me, national, global pandemic, I can't go to work, boo-hoo. No, no. He's finding a way to stay busy and to stay connected with his clients, even if a third of his clients have furloughed their their employees, they've cut hours, they're not looking to invest in 401k, right? It's just like, it's just a good example of a small business owner who has who has agreed to to keep their eye on the prize. Um, I think it's an awesome concept. I would, I would love to see and hear how other people can take keeping their eye on the prize, on being balled in, and what analogies they can they can come up with or examples. Guys, um, Tune, hop, hop on Facebook, 
hop on the book of faces or fake book, whatever you want to call it, hit, hit up the loan officer podcast, right? And, and, and let's, let's start a chat or a post. What does buying in mean to you? What does it mean to have your eye on the prize? Uh, Eric, I love the topic. Thank you very much for agreeing to um, impromptu do a, a, a back-to-back episode, wearing the same clothes, same terrible hairdo on me. That's just the way we do it, though, right? We the, wear the same clothes every day and yeah. you know, roll out of bed. And well, that's kind of how it goes. I, have, I still have not shaved or cut my hair going on a month. Um, I typically shave my head for those that want to know every three to four days with my Mach 3 razor. I've been doing it that way for the past two decades. Um, I am growing it to slow it. So grow it to slow it. Um, so I have this nasty clown hair growing. My son hates it, but it's still here because we're still on lockdown. You're Eric Putt. I'm Dustin Owen. You all were tuned into the Lone Officer podcast. We appreciate your support. Hit us up. Find us on Facebook. Find us on Instagram. Let us know how you're balled in and how you're keeping your eye on the prize. Peace. Peace.